We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, I did that. That was a long one. That was, I think that's, that's the longest one I've ever done with the good. Good morning, Grinders. Hey, it's the DFS pregame show. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, a.k.a. Blender HD, a.k.a. hopefully above you in the GPPs today. Maybe not yesterday. Yesterday in, in, in MLB, I, I didn't play. There was a big uh, soccer EPL last game of the season. Uh, all the teams play at once. The big king of the pitch contest. I came in third place. For ten thousand dollars, so screw it. So I wasn't, I wasn't able to play. Uh, I probably wouldn't have played Nelson Cruz anyway. So it's a good thing I didn't play. Uh, it seemed like, I mean, I'm looking at results DB from yesterday. It seemed like okay, the chalk pitchers did well, but none of the chalk hitters did well. So it was one of those days where you may have gotten one right and not the others. But this is my process. This is what the DFS pregame show is all about. It's about looking back at the previous slate, studying. Uh, successful top DFS players, as well as a preview of the day slate uh, with, with kind of a first look going through projections, going through uh, some stats that uh, seem to stick out. And this is my process. So I bring like exactly what I would do at 11 in the morning Eastern time for myself so we could walk through it together. So if you're in the YouTube chat, as always, uh, I know I don't have any coffee. I don't drink coffee anymore because uh, my digestive system, whatever. I haven't drank coffee since uh, since February, but now now I drink like water and stuff. I'm a little bit more healthy. So in order to keep my water cold, you got to hit the thumbs up button because that's the way. This, this I don't want lukewarm water, right? Because I'm going to be on for 45 minutes, an hour or something, and this this may get warm. So you got to hit the thumbs up button for me, so so I, I can keep my keep my water cold. Uh, and uh, and keep keep the show running. I mean, get, hey, hey, we already lost two baseball games today, right? That's what I get. I think it was my fault. On Friday, I stacked the, the Marlins. I did. I mean, and they they actually they didn't do horribly, right, against the Phillies. I stacked them, and then they all got sick. So maybe it's my fault. Maybe, maybe, I did it. I can't if I can't stack the Marlins every day. I don't even know if there's a point to playing MLB DFS anymore, right? If I can't stack the Marlins, the Tigers, the Pirates. Let let the crappy teams, I want them in, right? I'd rather the Red Sox get COVID or the Yankees, the expensive teams, the Astros. Why not? Because I, I don't have to worry about them because I normally don't play them anyway. But yesterday, uh, looking through, to see, this is what I typically do. I go to Results DB, which is on Roto Grinders, right? This is a free show. So I'm going to show off some premium stuff that uh, you should sign up for, rotogrinders.com slash premium uh, for, for, for $39.99 a month. You get all the core four sports, MLB, NFL, NBA coming back this week. 
and uh, PGA, which is still going on. Get all the content, all the tools, all full access to everything. And then today, just announced a specialist package. So for an additional, if you just want to pay for it by itself, it's $59.99 a month. But if you want to pay for both of them together, it's a grand total of $79.99. So you get to save a little bit money. And the specialist package is all the other sports. So you get MMA, you get soccer, you get uh, KBO. That's still going on, right? You get League of Legends, you get esports, you get uh, what other what other sports are in the lobby? Australian rules football. I think that's in the lobby. You get all of that. I think it's like 16 different sports and there'll be projections for all of them. There'll be content for all of them. So if you want that specialist package, if you play kind of the niche sports, uh, and I can tell you from experience, I've been using the uh, Brett Apley's MMA stuff. And playing MMA, I think his right his his his, his write ups are long and very detailed, and uh, the projections are good. And we have uh, uh, PSU fans and uh, Fear My Turtle, Alex and Sean, uh, heading up the specialist package. And they're I mean they're top ranked players in college football, college basketball, soccer. They're always in the soccer lobby. I I mean I've been playing against them since I've started, so for, for five years. So I think they're they're at the top of the pack when in the industry when it comes to all those specialist type of niche sports. So that was announced today and you can just get it all. You can get all the tools that I show off here and, uh, and it, it's, it's what I use. I mean, I was a Roto grinder subscriber when I started. So it's not like I just joined the team and all of a sudden, yeah. And, and, you know, buy all this stuff. It's like, no, I, I, I paid for it myself before, before joining the team for several years. So this is exactly the stuff that I use. Uh, so if you have any questions about it, Feel free to join the, the chat in YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, it, it's a live show. It's an interactive show. So if you have questions about just general DFS strategy, just feel free to post it in the YouTube. I answer everything. So I, it's, I prioritize the YouTube people because you, you guys are the most important. Like Herbert Good, yeah, you're here. Rosie Davis, Heat Nation 7, right? You guys are here. We got we got viewers here, right? So, But this is what I do. I go to Results DB for the, for the big GPP. Uh, for the big, you know, main on DK. And I go and I I, I just, uh, I see, you know, kind of the general ownership. I mean, I don't have as much of the context on yesterday's slate since I didn't play. So, like, I didn't know, like, why these guys would be more, you know, owned or whatever because I wasn't really looking at it. But it's the type of thing where I'd look and i go, okay, general ownership. But then I'd go and I'd, I'd pick out some some top DFS players. Typically, they play 150 lineups, and I want to see what their their exposures look like. So, like, I'm going to click on, like, uh, Bers- Baranosaurus Flex. I'll go Ahambro. I respect him. Uh, we got, uh, I mean, I respect a lot of them. So, a Dark Mantle look, Anil Pro 88, Ricky D, Giant Squid, FJ Bourne. We got our own Squirrel Patrol here. And I kind of do full screen over here. So I just want to kind of see. So like by pitcher, for instance, I uncheck all of these. I kind of, I'm checking this out because I want to see where the leverage is. I want to see like giant squid right here. Just flat out faded Trevor Bauer. Just nope, not going to play the chalk pitcher whatsoever. Played Kluber, didn't do very right. He came out after the first inning. So whoever had Kluber kind of got screwed, right? Didn't play Velasquez at all. He went, he went really contrarian, Kluber Freeland type builds, right? And Freeland did well for his price, right? I think 19.3, right? He had some Corbin, 27.05. Maeda, yeah, he 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 went different in a pitcher. Of course, obviously you needed Trevor Bauer, but it, it was it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad of a play, right? We're probably gonna see on the on the on the hitters that Giant Squid probably played some chalk chalkier stacks if he was getting his leverage at pitcher. But we could look through and just and just see like where the leverage was gotten like a lot, a lot of look, look at across the board, just in the selection of players that I, I chose a lot of them over the field in my ADA. A lot of them over the, over the, a little bit over the field, some of them over the field on Kluber and Carrasco. And then you could see on, on Bauer because he was chalky. Like no one really just went overboard. No one just said, I'm going to take a hundred percent of Bauer. No, they kind of with the field are fading a little. Right. So I'm just looking at this type of stuff. Right. Corbin did well, but not. All, I mean, you could go through a lot more players and see that it's not just I'm not just, you know, seven or eight players. I go through this every morning, typically, you know, anywhere from 15 to minutes to 30 minutes just to go through, just to try to learn. So now I'm going to take off pitchers and I'm going to put back all the hitters because we're kind of looking for stacks. I know this is not necessarily organized by stacks, 
you can kind of tell ownership wise based on based on you, you look for the colors, the reds and the blues primarily, and the in the dark greens to see where people got leverage. As you go through here, see so you can see a lot of blue here. See Jesse Winker, that uh, Castiano, that's Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati was fairly chalky yesterday as a stack right now, or maybe not three percent. Well, maybe not the bottom of their order. See, because Votto, Votto was Votto was eleven percent, right? Kind of, kind of weird, right? These type of stacks. Bryant had a lot of yeah. Giant Squid had a very condensed player pool here, but like Ricky D on Cincinnati, right? Josh Van Meter. Because uh, I'm looking at like Boston, like what did these guys do with Boston, right? JD Martinez, like I'm going to sort by field, so we get the most owned hitters, and we can see a lot of the sharper players under on JD Martinez. Some a little on Yelich, Peraza, who was cheap, 22 percent, mostly under. I guess Boston, they were mostly under. Kepler was fairly chalky, mostly under. Bregman. Mostly under, right? Bogart to Boston. Yeah, it seemed like most most of these top players were under on Boston. And then we start looking down for a little bit lower owned players. Looking for the Blues. So Logan Morrison. We got we got obviously Giant Squid with his red stuff. But this is what I do. I look through. Baseball is a little bit different than basketball. Basketball single players count more. In baseball, you're kind of playing stacks. I I, I would like, I, I think at some point in results DB, they're going to add uh, an ability to do this by stack. Where you could see uh, Boston, 32%, instead of just like the players, because you have to kind of go through. Because a lot of top players play very diverse sets of lineups. I mean, because take a look at Brironosaurus Rex. We see like how many players that they played by sort by like player, like, like look at this player pool. I mean, like, yes, it's got at 1% point, one lineup here, right? Right down here, Sam Hilliard in one lineup. Look, look all these cheap guys, because they're probably in stacks. They're not necessarily one-offs. So we see a lot, a lot, a lot, very diverse, especially on an 11-game slate. But you can see Giant Squid was one of the only ones out of this that just, like, I'm playing condensed, right? Getting leverage, fading Bauer. Going very heavy on the, the the Cubs, going heavy on the Cubs. That's a lot of Santander. Phillies. He had the Hoskins Bruce, so I'm assuming that's Philly stacks. So very contrarian. So Giant Squid pretty pretty contra- contrarian. We got a troll in there. We got a troll in the chat. Saying that the whole season is canceled. It's not canceled yet. It's not canceled yet. We're still playing. We're still playing. I hope it's not canceled. I'm down in MLB. It's only been three slates. I got to make my money back, right? Because that's how I play. I play GPPs, uh, high-risk strategies. But that's kind of what you have to do when it's 100000 the first. And by the time you get to 10th place, it's a set of stake knives. So you, you better be playing those GPPs that way. So this is kind of what I do. This is what you can do in results DB. So I would suggest that, you know, if you're look if you're looking to take this seriously, you should be studying the top players. Not the winning lineup, because we can look, we can look at the winning lineup, right? The winning lineup was Megan Joy, right? Bauer made Maeda 234.7, one, two, three, four, five. Got a Minnesota five man, Cleveland two man. Miami one guy. Is 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 Jesus Aguiar? Is he is he? Is he positive? Is he one of the test players tested positive? I hope it doesn't infect anyone else's lineups. But I take a look, like, what are you going to learn by this? It's like, oh, yeah, I, I know. Minnesota Stack would have won. But, it, like, did good players play them? I mean, Megan Joy, 150. So we could take a look here. Let me toggle back here. And we could look for, for they played 150 lineups. Click over there. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get them. So was it was it that they were all over Minnesota or just it happened to be here making joy? See right here. Okay, so let's sort by ownership. Up and down. Okay, 26 point. Let me let me get rid of some of these guys so I could scroll this all over. Where am I going? Toggle full screen. Okay. I have to get I get back in a habit for this. Right? Let's keep scroll patrol up there. 
Okay, Bourne. Let's go back to full screen. Okay, we got Megan Joy over here. So we got Salvador Perez, Eddie. Oh, there we go. Here, here's all the Minnesota. Eddie Rosario, seven percent, twenty-five percent. Polanco, six percent owned, twenty-two percent exposure. Aguiar, two percent, twenty-one percent. Yeah, yeah. Megan Joy kind of just hit it square on the head. I mean, had plenty of Kepler because that's in Minnesota stacks. Nelson Cruz, twelve percent, fifteen percent. Okay. So it looks like uh, Minnesota stacks were towards the the, the top top of Megan Joy's uh, exposure percentage, but in comparison to other top players, I mean a little, but obviously just went heavy on the stack that did the best. Uh, Heat Nation Seven has a question: Blender on a given slate, like the eleven gamer yesterday. How many vomit stacks do you normally play? Do you pick a few depending on ownership, or you have some? I don't necessarily. I, I know. I know. I know. I'm known for for vomit stacks. But it doesn't mean like I'm playing them every day or I'm playing them in a million lineups. It's all in the context of the slate. I mean, it, that, it, what I'm looking for for vomit stacks, the, the general kind of rule is that five players, a five man, this is DraftKings, five man, total combined price, 20K or below. Okay. And in the top of the order. So if I could find anyone in the top seven, like a lot of times you get the eighth and ninth hitters that, you know, you, you may have a $3,200 guy there. And that's the only way that you can make a 20 K stack. But I'm looking primarily on stacks that I could go one, two, three, five, six, you know, I could do something towards the top of the lineup and get it under 20 K. Uh, and then that allows me to pay up for a stud pitcher and some good one-offs. Uh, but there are some slates where is there a stud pitcher worth paying for? If there's no stud pitcher worth paying for that I that I think is going to be overowned or not worth it, then obviously I don't need to play cheap stacks. If I'm going to play cheap pitchers or mid-range pitchers, then the the propensity of playing those 20K or below stacks is less so. So I probably play less of them. On slates where you have a lot of aces, where you know you have two 10K level pitchers that I'd love to get both of them in. Well, you need cheap stacks for that. So really the the context of the slate matters and where the batters are and what positions they fill. It it, it doesn't help me all that much if a vomit stack has, you know, three cheap outfielders and a first baseman. Like I need to fill those catchers and shortstops with kind of cheaper guys because the position is kind of scarce and kind of crappy on a day-to-day basis. So if I'm going to play a cheap player, let me play it in the stack. So that's really what I'm looking at. And then I'm also looking at, which is part of premium, is Slate IQ, which is something that Chris Gimino has been doing for the past uh, two years, two years, three years, right? It's kind of like a, sta- a top stack tool, but we don't call it top stack tool because we're not allowed to, apparently. It's called Slate IQ. It, was, it originally was called Slate IQ. Uh, Chris Gimino uses results DB because we have the entire DK database of contests. Uh, at Roto-Grinders. So using results, the data in results DB, uh, Jamino will find the 25 most comparable slates based on pricing, based on field size, based on all the, the aspects of today's slate, or that slate in general. And then the most similar slates and then run simulations to see how often certain things happen for the winning lineup. So we take a look and we see slate texture here, right? What that what the the GPP line most likely is going to be on similar. It's going to be higher than average, right? Right. We take a look here. Similar. This is average of any slate. Chalk hit rate more likely than not. Ownership a little bit higher, right? A lot of times you'll see that be very similar from slate to slate. But the main sections that I'm like looking at, like stack type leverage, you could look at, but most likely you'll see that the leverage right here. People still don't stack five man enough. So this, this is pro, pro, pretty much going to be true like every slate. But the main one I'm looking at is this, the teams. So if I could sort by winner. So based on those simulations of the 25 most similar slates, this is for yesterday's slate. This is how often percentage-wise the four or five man stack for these teams appeared in the winning lineup. Okay, so Mil- Milwaukee, 7.8%. We have Mi- Minnesota. right? Gives you all of this based on the simulations, the chances that that's going to be the top stack. Who knows who's in that stack, right? It's a, 
doesn't say that. What five guys? We don't, it doesn't say that. And then also based on the ownership projections that Jamino has, how much the field will own them. So like yesterday, Yankees, 6% winner, owned by only 3.1% of the field based on projections. The difference, 2.8%, gives you 89.6% leverage. So kind of I'm looking at this going, okay, I'm looking for stacks that have higher win percentage in the simulations and have more leverage, right? It's the Cubs, no, over-owned based on slate IQ. Milwaukee, over-owned, under-owned. Yankees, under-owned. Phillies, Minnesota, about evenly owned. Cincinnati, under-owned. St. Louis, under-owned. You take a look down here, like Seattle, like, yeah, I mean, they have barely any win chances. So, like, even here, like, look, look, Pittsburgh, 74.3% leverage. Oh, great, because it's a difference of 1.2% and 0.7%. It's still very low in comparison. It has a little bit of leverage, but whatever. But I'm, I took a look at, like, something like Miami, 2.8%, but only owned at 1.5. I'm looking at these teams right here because it's high enough because it's still 3% and 2% is still better than point nothing percent, right, and looking for my leverage, right? And I've, I'm going to compare this to projections also. The bat, you know, I use bat projections, Cardi's projections. If the if the if the bat has them high and they have leverage up here and they have good win percentage, then I'm looking to play them. And if they're a vomit stack, then so be it, right? So like yesterday, I probably would have played the Marlins had I played, right? Looking at this, right, as a vomit stack, and then I would have been able to play Bauer and Carrasco together. I mean, like that makes complete sense to me. The more expensive stacks like Houston, like yeah, you get leverage, but you're gonna have to play cheap pitchers. Right. So maybe I do play some Houston stacks, but I mean, I'm going to need to find cheap pitchers in order to do that. Same for that. I think the Cubs yesterday were fairly expensive. So it really depends on the construction. I think today's slate, I think what the top, the, the 10.3K for Fultonevich, like, is he really an ace? Do I really need to spend 10.3K on him? So like on today's slate, maybe vomit stacks aren't as prevalent in my, in my lineup set that I'm, that I'm playing. If I'm playing 100 lineups or whatever. Because maybe I'm not paying up at pitcher much, so I, I'm not going to I'm not going to necessarily need a 20k or less stack. So I hope that I mean I hope that gives you a little bit of insight. Uh, Michael Singh asks, uh, new to MLB on the three game slate is a three three stack value. Yes, that's uh, that's that's completely bad. The the concept is the larger the slate, the more correlate, and obviously the contest that you're playing. If you're playing big field GPPs, you need the most amount of leverage, the most amount of correlation. You need to try to score practically the nuts. Small field contest, you're playing a 300-man single-entry GPP. You don't need as much leverage. Uh, but in general, when it comes to stacking in uh, in MLB, the bigger the slate, the more you should stack. The smaller the slate, the less. Be, be less inclined. Be more inclined. Doesn't mean you don't, or does it? Doesn't mean you 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 do for sure. But uh, as you see right here, the, the field doesn't stack five-man enough in like an 11-game slate. The whole concept is that between 22 teams, there's more of a chance that one of the 22 puts up a whole ton of runs. And having five of those players uh, wins you the GPP. When there's only three games on the slate, that's only six teams. So, I mean... We could have one game that's four to one and the next game is three to two and the other game is five, nothing. And it's like, well, getting five runs out of a stack is not less. I mean, you may not need five players. They may not have all produced to only score five runs. So you could play a three, three, you could play three, two, one, one. You could pick, you could pick people out a little bit more because the, the effect of correlation is not as dramatic on an 11 game slate. Like doing that, it's it's much better to just pick teams. Just go, okay, I'm gonna stack, I'm gonna spend uh 10% of my lineup stacking the 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 twins and then stack them in a whole bunch of different ways. And just hope twins are the team that go off on eleven because that's what other people are gonna do. You're gonna be end up stuck with those three, three, two type stacks and not have enough. You'll have Nelson Cruz, but you won't have like the other guys, and you'll get wrong on some other one off. And end up, you know, coming in 63rd when if you stacked five man, you would have came in first. Does Slate IQ get posted before the slate each night? Yes. Typically, Slate IQ comes out a little bit after the ownership projections come out, typically in the middle of the afternoon. 
Uh, well, depending on when, obviously, when the slate starts. But uh, but on most days when there's, you know, at 640, like today, uh, we come out around 2.30, 3 o'clock, uh, when ownership projections come out. Sometimes ownership comes out at 1 o'clock and then slate IQ at like 2.30. And then that gets updated. So as typically, uh, ownership projections and slate IQ won't be run until we get enough starting lineups out. It's kind of hard to run ownership when we're not necessarily sure what the batting orders are going to be and who's going to play. So once like that's, that's why like around two thirty three o'clock when we get a lot of the, the, the starting lineups for the teams, maybe not the West coast games so much, but enough so that Jamino can then uh, get his hamsters on his wheel. Hamsters are on the wheel. They go run around, come up with the ownership, come up with slate IQ. And then at like six o'clock, they get updated like at 530, they get updated again, maybe 630, they get updated again. And this is run again. So I typically keep this page lined up. I also, what you can do on your phone, okay? Here's something, if you have the RG app, okay, on your phone, if you have the RG app on your phone, you could set content alerts. So you should be, if you have the RG app, uh, you could get the the the, uh, the alerts, even if you're not even a premium member. So if you download the Roto Grinders app on onto your phone, Android, iOS, whatever, uh, you can get the news updates. Like the oh the, the the Marlins game was canceled. It comes to me. I don't have to look for that, right? You get injury reports, everything like that for all the sports. Uh, but when content comes out, you could also get a notification. So like when the grind down for baseball comes out, you'll get a notification. When this whole list of if you want to know when certain things happen. On the site, when the weather report comes out by Roth in the morning, and then when it gets updated later, you could turn that on. So what I do for Slate IQ, since I, instead of me having to check every 20 minutes in the middle of the afternoon, oh, is it up yet? Is it up yet? Is it up yet? I just put that content to learn hard. So I'll get a notification that says Slate IQ has been posted. Slate IQ is live. And oh, okay, now I can look. Ownership projections are up. I get, I get a notification for that. So that's one useful thing. If you're a premium member, because those are premium thing. I'm showing you something that's premium. Okay, you get a little taste, right? This is from yesterday. So it's not like you could do anything about it. Unless you have a time machine, you really can't do anything. Uh, but that's that's what I do. So I don't, just don't even have to bother the checking. I'll, I'll, I'll get the notification when it's up, and then I can go look. Uh, if you're MMEing, this is from Donnie Watson. If you're MMEing and you only want chalk pitcher combos, uh, Bauer Carrasco with vomit stacks. How can you do that? Would you have to separate builds, ensuring that combo wasn't only showing showing up in top stacks? I, I'm not. If I only want chalk pitcher combos, then I mean I'm just gonna just have Bauer Carrasco in 100 of my lineups. I'm just gonna exclude all the other pitchers, right? Oh, if you only want the chalk pitchers with vomit, well, it, it almost has to be that way, right? If you're playing two top two expensive pitchers, it's gonna, the only way to do that with five man stacks is that it's going to jam in. It's naturally going to happen. But if you wanted to make sure that it happened more likely than not, what you'd do is is uh, you'd set a, a conditional player group. So, for instance, like say on today's slate, I'll show you. This is what the show is. Okay, if if you come here via YouTube and you have questions to ask, I will answer them. So if someone's listening to this, I know this gets posted later and people have made me like, oh, what does this have to do with me? You're just explaining something to someone in chat for five minutes. Well, they get the priority. They're here live watching. That's what this is a teaching show. This is not a, you know, a who to play pick show, right? We'll talk about some projections for today's slate, but for the most part, you know, show up live and ask your questions and they will get answered, right? Okay, so that group, for instance, in Lineup HQ. So for instance, well, I'm just using today's slate for, for, for an example. Let's say for whatever reason, you want, want to play James and Glasnow and, and vomit stacks, right? What will be a vomit stack today? What? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess like Tampa Bay, right? Well, you wouldn't play. You wouldn't play them against Glasnow. So who's a vomit stack today? Like who's a really cheap stack? Pittsburgh maybe? Okay, let's just say it's Pittsburgh. Right? All right let's see. Cheap? Yeah, yeah. They're all under, other than Josh Bell. Josh Bell is 5,100, but whatever. Okay, so let's say that this is a Pittsburgh vomit stack. And you want to make sure that uh, you were playing Pittsburgh vomit stacks in uh, Carrasco. Like, you want to make sure Carrasco and Bauer were in all your Pittsburgh vomit stacks, right? Or vice versa. So you got a player group, and you could do something like this. So let's say I'm going to use the conditional player, uh, Josh Bell. 
right? He's the one guy in the in the in the Pittsburgh stack, right? I could do you could do it two ways. Let's take uh, Glasnow, Glasnow, and who's faulty because he's expensive, right? Okay, so let's let's do that. So I want to. I could do it this way. So any any lineup that Josh Bell appears in, use exactly these two players: minimum two, maximum two. So anytime that lineup accused creates this, Josh Bell, which is probably going to only be because he's so lowly projected based on his $5,100 price, only going to be Pittsburgh stacks, right? It'll probably naturally happen. So like you may not have to set up this group, but you could also do the reverse. So let's say instead of doing that, you set your conditional player as Fulton Evich, right? And then, then now we start adding, adding pirates to this. So Brian Reynolds, Newman, right? Who else is on the team? We got uh, is Frazier. Frazier probably doesn't start. Does he start against? Who's starting? Who's starting for the, <laughs> starting for the, who's projected, right? One, Brian Reynolds, Moran, Frazier, Osuna, Tucker, Murphy. Go back here. We got the catcher, John Murphy. And we got Osuna and Frazier, and Heredia. You know, you start adding all the, you know, all the Pittsburgh Pirates here. And then Fulton Evich, if you're just using five-man stacks, right, you could just do something like this, right? Use exactly five players. So Fulty is in, it's automatically going to be Pittsburgh, right? But of course, this limits you that every Fulty lineup is going to be a Pittsburgh stack. But you could set it to something like this and go, Use two to five players in every faulty lineup, which means you could get the one-offs. You get the five two ones, something like this. You most likely, if you're playing two expensive pitchers, don't have to make these groups. Just price-wise, salary-wise, they naturally will happen. But if you wanted to make sure, you could use the logic of, if this guy's in, make sure to play this, right? That's what you'd use groups for, to force certain things in, if needed. So I hope that helps. Uh, what categories are the most important to look at in plate IQ? I have no idea. Uh, I just look at projections. So I wouldn't be even be able to tell you. You could look at slate IQ. I think slate IQ, I think uh, look at plate IQ is great, but it's all in the projections. So I don't see a need to do it. I rely on projections. So like all the stuff that would be in plate IQ, is what I'm looking at. In, so like Josh James, he's projected well in the bat, right? There has to be a reason for it, right? It probably shows in, in, in plate IQ, right? Save for the hitters. We go to hitters. I mean, Praz is so cheap, right? McGroom. So, I mean, look at, look at how cheap these guys are. But if I go by team, like I'm looking down by team, look at KCR. Look at Royal. Look how many Royals show good point per dollar. I mean, that's a vomit stack galore. I mean, take a look at this. You may not even need that. So I'm just looking through this, these types of things, right? I'm going through DraftKings. I'm looking at projections. All these numbers are that you're seeing in the middle, fantasy points, the floor, ceiling, this type of stuff, is all of those statistics that you'd be looking at and then put together as a number, giving you a median of a range of outcomes. So while you can look at plate IQ, I, to me, it's like looking at the same thing twice. Like it's already been accounted for. So if I were to look at plate IQ and see, oh well, he also has a big strikeout rate. Like it would be in his, it would be in his pitcher projection. That's the reason why he'd be higher, right? I try, I try at least personally. Me, this is my process. Remember, other people have different processes, and they could be successful, right? A lot of top players have different processes. I try to condense my process as much as possible to, to the most relevant information for me. I have a very game theory driven approach, right? I'm I'm not watching tape. I'm not scouting players. I'm not diving into the deep in the analytics. Nope. I'm just, Derek Hardy is a great projection model. So I'm just going to use it, right? It's going to show, it's going to show me, it's going to show me the stats, right? It's going to show me that. I could look at prices. I could see where the field is going. Once ownership comes up, right? I could see, oh, okay. This guy's going to be under owned based on, his projection. His team's going to be under own based on his projection. I'll go to slate IQ, go, Oh, this, this team apparently has a higher win percentage than what will be owned. And I just play them. 
that's kind of my process. I try to condense it down as much as possible, but also I'm playing large field GPPs where I'm looking to leverage ownership as much as possible uh, to drill down and see who's going to be the best median play for cash games, for double ups, for small field GPPs even. That's, that's not the contest that I focus on. So I'm more likely to take much more risks. So a, a guy may look horrible in plate IQ, but maybe cheap and part of a stack. And I'm just, okay, maybe today's the day. Maybe it happens today. He's part of the stack. You know, the, the guys get on base and he hits a, you know, a three run double and pays off with double digits for, for 3,200, but he's part of the stack. And as long as the stack does well, he should do well. Tony Tishauer asks, uh, when you set up one-off group, do you include players that are also in your stack? Yes. If I want to play them as a one-off, Right. Like if I'm, if I'm going to create a group, like that concept is, is that, for instance, let's say we set up stacks for today's slate, right? Like I, I exclude it because typically what I do is I'll exclude all. We might as well just get into this, right? I just exclude everyone, okay? Well, I won't exclude pitchers for now, but I exclude everyone. So maybe I'm going through, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this very quickly. This is not how quick that I would do it, okay? I'm just telling you. It's not as quick. I would just go. I would sort by point per dollar projection-wise, right? And start looking. So where, where are some cheap stacks? Good point per dollar medians, right? Maybe not Atlanta. Go to Tampa Bay. I get one, 2.2. I'm looking for a lot like twos, right? Okay, this is pretty good, right? Chicago. So I go by order, right? I want to see, you know, what the order what the order looks like. It's like, oh, okay, this whole team or whatever. Okay, let's say, okay, I'm going to play all the, the, the Cubs. Okay, there. Cubs are in. Right, I take a look. Oh, Cincinnati. Okay, that seems pretty good. Right, look at look at all this. Right, I'm gonna go. Do, 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 get in. Okay, eat that up. Milwaukee has a high total. Oh, look at look at all look at all these. Okay, let's get let's get these guys in. Milwaukee, Pittsburgh. Oh, a little vomit stack here, but I may not need it today because uh, the the pitching is cheap. Seattle. I oh, got some, but maybe I don't play them. Houston's expensive. Expensive, but I mean, they got some cheap guys, and that's Brantley, Reddick against Ray- Graveman. Okay, these. So maybe I look at this, and maybe I don't stack Houston. Maybe I want Brantley as a one off, right? So I go Brantley one off, Reddick one off. They're in, right? So I'm not having a Houston stack. Then I go to the White Sox. Now that doesn't look good. Cleveland, not as much. KCR, vomit stack I may not need. Detroit, another vomit stack I may not need because of the pitching. The Mets, oh, the Mets come up pretty good, right? Okay, against Osage or whatever. Okay, well, I'm going to just go yum, 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 eat them all up. Right, go to Boston, right? Boston is, wow, off the charts. Okay, I'll go to Boston. They'll probably be popular, but I'll eat them all up. Okay, that's what we got. Okay, so now I got all of that in there. Okay, now if I didn't set like one-off type, if I didn't set rules or something like that, look at Jose Peraza. He comes up as, as 3.2 point per dollar at second base and shortstop. If I don't set anything, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to get a lot of Peraza as my, as a one-off in other stacks, right? So if I'm going to set my stacks to, let's say, 5X, right? 5X, so a five-man stack and three one-offs. That's what I'm going to build. So let's say at that point, let me set min zero, zero, so I could build some lineups. Oh, there's not, oh, I excluded all the pitchers. Okay, maybe I, I need to take those. Okay. Let me get all the pitchers back. Okay, what pitchers do what I want to play? Let's see. I go, I'm just going to play the top. I'm probably not going to play Houston. I go, okay, James, Glasnow, Montgomery, uh, Cease, Savali. Uh, maybe I do play Faulty's expensive, but I may not be able to fit them in. Like something like that. I'm just, I'm just don't take this as this is actually what I'm going to do. I'm just doing this very quickly as an example. Okay, so I got pictures in. So now, for instance, if I built 150 lineups based on just n- n- not, nothing, I didn't do anything to you. What I'm going to expect to see when I build 150 is Jose, like these guys, Peraza, Irvin, Verdugo, these guys, ben, maybe not Benintendi, but these really cheap, I'm expecting to see like as one-offs in a ton of other stacks. So they won't just appear in Boston stacks, Right. Josh James, right? Like, yeah, look at Peraza, 91%, right? If I just did it, like, I'm just getting James Glasnow. 
I'm getting a ton of Peraza, a ton of Pete Alonzo in the first base spot. I mean, I'm just getting tons, tons of this, right? Because I actually, I didn't set, I mean, I didn't even set stack rules, right? Of how much of a stack that I want. But let's say I don't want to get Peraza, right? I, what I can do is like, I don't want him to be a one-off in a ton of stacks. So I said, I said maybe at, at, at 15%. This will stop that from happening. 15, to max 15, right? Max 15. Right, all on these guys. Arcia, I don't want to, you know, $2,600 shortstop as a one-off in a ton of stacks as the ninth hitter at Pittsburgh. I could do something like this and then see what the exposures come out to be. Or what you can do is like, I'll sort by point per dollar, but I'm looking for like good, good hitters, right? Not like, not cheapo guys, right? So I'm going to take a look. I could add them to a group right from here. So let's say I don't mind Ben Attendee as a one-off. New group. Group one. Right? I don't mind Bogarts as a, as a one-off shortstop. Okay, so I'm going to add him. I don't mind Cespedes as a one-off. I don't mind Brank, Brantley as a one-off. Brantley as a one-off. J.D. Martinez. You know, maybe I play Boston as more one-offs. Moreland as a one-off. I'm going to scroll down or something like this. Right? So I add... I had maybe Devers as a one-off. Alonzo as a one-off. Smoke as a one-off. I'm just going through. I'm just, Keston here as a one-off. Maybe I go through a little bit more. Maybe Bryant, right? Bryant's, Bryant, Bryant's third base eligible, right? Maybe Conforto as a one-off. I'll add him. Chris Bryant as a one-off. So I add all those to the group, and then I go back to player groups. And I see all, here's all my one-offs, Right? Because I have all these guys. I may have a list that's like twice as long as this. And then I set a map, use exactly one to three. Right? Which is basically, if I'm using five-man stacks, five, one, one, one. These would be all my one-offs. Right? Use at least one and up to three. It doesn't mean the other two spots can't be those guys. I mean, I could set it as... Make at least two of these guys. Make all of them, right? But sometimes that doesn't fit in salary-wise. So maybe I set it as as one to three or two to three. And I have a whole list of 20 20 guys that I don't mind. I want as one-offs. And I want at least two of those in all of my lineups as one-offs. And then the other other person could be, if it ends up being Orlando Arcia, then so be it, right? If that's the way that it fits in, right? So you're just using the logic of player groups in lineup HQ to do whatever it is that you're looking to do strategically. It's not going to tell you what to do. You, you have to tell it what to do. Don't, don't not use rules and everything and just let all oh, the projections. will just tell me who to stack. It's like, then you're just going to get a lot of whoever's projected high who will also also be owned high. So that doesn't solve your problem in large field GPPs where you're trying to get leverage to win first out of 50,000, 80,000 entries. Uh, Donnie Watson asked the price. It says the pricing has been so soft that you're getting the chalk with the highest price. But yeah. Cause that the pricing has been a little bit. Yeah. The pricing has been soft. That's why I said before about vomit stacks that like on some slates, you may, you, you may not have to play them, right? You get some of them, some of the lower price players that they haven't priced up. And is there like when, when you could get guys that should be like a thousand dollars more expensive, should you be playing like five tigers in your lineup? Less likely so. It doesn't mean you don't, but it'd be less likely. Uh, like yesterday, you get all the Milwaukee, Chicago with Bauer Carrasco, and you didn't want that. Right, right. It, it depends on what you want to do strategically. What contests are you in and what lineups should you be building for those types of contests? You have to figure that out first before you before you start generating lineups, right? Just like I did before. I went through and it's like, okay, what stacks do I want to play? Of course, we don't have any ownership out. I don't have slate IQ. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing it this early. I'd look, I'd be, oh, that's interesting, right? Oh, interesting. But not make any choices until like maybe four in the afternoon. So I'm just looking through throughout the day because the lineups will change. This guy is in the order. This guy, you know, is out. Something like that. Uh, Matthew Stard asks, how many stacks do you use on the average slate and do you cap the exposure of a certain stack? Uh, it, it depends on on the contest I'm in and how many lineups I'm running. Because I don't, I, I'm not a 150 max player. 
You could go to results DB and see that. Like, I don't play 150 lineups. I may play 50. I may play 30. I may play 80. If there's if there's overlay, I play 150, right? Like, I like on Friday, I was playing 150 on FanDuel, 150 on draft because the contests were overlaid. It's, it, it's not only is it no rake, but you're getting EV back. So I'm going to play a lot. So if I see that, I play more. It depends on how many stacks I believe are viable, right? Sometimes I go through and I go, I really, I really want to hammer home on these two stacks. And I play them in like 40% of my lineups and then mix in a couple of others. And that's about it. There are some slates where, wow, there's, I think there's like eight that I would want to play. And I have to decide, do I play eight and disperse, you know, have very little of all of them or do I focus on a couple of them? And it depends on price and the pictures that I'm using. So it's really a slate to slate type of thing. So there's no cap, right? It's very rare though, that I go like a hundred percent on a stack, right? But, but you can, it's just high risk. All those, all that question is, is that how much risk do you want to take on a given slate? Cause if you're going to play very condensed player pool, playing a lot of certain stacks, you can have lineups that are very correlative to one another, right? You can have lineups if you, you know, you, you set in build rules. If you have a number of unique players at one, you may have lineups that it's, the same 5-3 with a slightly different picture. Like, essentially, it's practically the same lineup. So if that lineup does well, you're going to come in like third and fifth. You're going to be competing against yourself, right? So you may want, if you're going to play a very condensed player pool, maybe you want to set unique players to be two or three. You know, if you're playing a diverse player pool, I mean. So you get more diverse lineups. But if you're playing very condensed, and you're just like, I'm going all in on the Red Sox and the Twins, playing the one of these two of these three pitchers and that's it just understand if they don't if those teams don't do well and those pitchers don't do well none of your entries cash you're going to go from putting in five hundred dollars and getting back nine right you're not you're not going to get any equity in any type of cashing spot or you're going to go put in 500 and get back 50 that you're going to come in first eighth tenth you're going to come very close to one another so it's a really a risk tolerance thing but typically i i play I don't play extremely diverse, but I also don't play that condensed. If you go into results DB, you could see. Just like we saw with the, with the giant squid, right? We saw that he played a very condensed player pool, but a lot of like other players, you know, for Randosaurus Rex, it's kind of like you don't see, like take a look at the hitters here for Varanosaurus Rex. Like no one was like, look, 20, this was his exposure percentages. So he had no one over 20, 22%. So he just had a lot Right. Austin. Hey, I mean, he had some Oriole stacks. We had some, you know, he played a much more diverse lineup set, right? He focused on some teams, but it's not, it's not like he played every stack. No, but he probably played a whole bunch of teams. Or you could go be like giant squid and just play. I'm going to play three teams. And those are the teams I'm going all in on. Perfectly fine. If you're right, you do great. If you're wrong, you do horrible. Just, it's just a matter of how much variance you're going to have. Uh, what point per dollar number do you look at to determine your vomit stacks? I mean, typically on DraftKings, I'm looking for like over two. I mean, I don't mind playing anyone, but typically those are the more expensive players. I'm I'm looking, like I took a look here, like Chicago is not a vomit stack necessarily, but they have some cheap players in it, right? So like, depends on the order. See, I look at the order and go one to nine and I'm looking at, these numbers, median-wise, one to nine. But, like, Nico Horner is going to fit a shortstop spot and that Baez could fill. So I would want to play Horner at second base, right? So I get a second base because I'm looking at position also. The less outfielders, the better. So I could fill scarce positions like catcher, right? So this may not be the best stack, point per dollar, but I'm going to get a cat. Look, look at all the positions I get. Third base, first base, shortstop, catcher. Second base, I could have no outfielders in the stack and get one good one-off outfielders. So I'm looking at this stack going, okay, positional. I may not want that much Almora, right? I may not want that much Hap at 4,200 batting eighth. I may not want that much Carantini, right? He may be in some, right? Because he fills either where Rizzo would be or where Contreras would be. But I'd still probably throw him in. It's just that he may not appear as much. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, this stack feels appealing. But let's say you go to Pittsburgh. For instance, I think they're they're a good one. Where are they showing? Did I even include them? No, I didn't even include them. Let's go to let's go to Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh has a couple of these, but look at the order. 
Like I get like, okay, Moran, look at how many first basemen there are. Like if I switch Colin to third base, so he's only there. So he's pretty, he's pretty fine. Frazier's pretty good, right? I mean, this is, this is a, this is a viable vomit stack, but I don't just don't like the fact that like, like Josh Bell is expensive. So it'll make the stack expensive a little bit more, right? But like Heredia down here, fills an outfield spot. The catchers, it's a little bit disjointed, right? Because you can't play Osuna and Bell in the same lineup, right? Taking up an outfield spot with Brian Reynolds. You could fill a catcher with the eight hole, which they're playing at home. So he has a little bit less of a plate expectation, plate appearance expectation. So while this is a vomit stack, like if I look at Slate IQ and Pittsburgh comes up like, well, maybe I do consider them. But on an overall perspective, it's like, yeah, I guess I could fit some players in. But this whole like Bell and Osuna and Moran kind of playing similar positions like makes it a little bit harder to stack. Yet if you look at someone, let's say like, uh, we looked at, let's look at Cincinnati. So we got outfielders here. Like, look, look, all, all the bottom of the order is the, the, the scarce positions, right? So I'd probably prioritize Casale, right? Because you'd want to get the good hitters. So you want Irvin, Vado, Suarez, Castellanos, Casale. Like that one to five would be the best right here. But then, like, you still want to use these guys, right? Because you want to fill scarce positions. So a lot of my Cincinnati stacks may not be one, two, three, four, five. It may be four of these guys and then Farmer and then Galvis or Cologne or something. So I could fill. So I'm not stuck with Orlando Arcia as a one-off in a Cincinnati stack, right? I'd want in these stacks to have Bogarts or, you know, some good hitting Correa, some good hitting shortstop as a one-off. So that's what I would be looking at. So it's not just point per dollar. It's also like, how does the stack come together? What's the order? What positions they're in? And what are their prices, right? Because if I'm going to take Votto now, if I'm going to take these three guys, right? 4,800. So 4, 4, 12, 13, 1, 13, 9 on these three, right? Add Casale. And we get an, uh, 16, 8, right? 16, 8 plus 3. We get 19. Okay. So the one, this is a technically con, is considered a vomit stack based on Irvin and Casale being cheap because it's slightly under 20 K. So I would definitely like it. Definitely for sure. But I also just those positions, like how do I fill the middle infield positions? So I wouldn't exclude these guys. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't just play one to five and go, that's my stack. And then, you know, Kyle Farmer hits a home run and you're, you're, you're throwing your hat because you didn't play him in stacks. Right. I'd still include these guys, but let's say, I'm playing Cincinnati. So in this case, I explained it. I'm still getting an under 20K stack out of one to five. That's going to be the primary one that I use. But Farmer, Galvis, Cologne, maybe I don't want to have a bottom of the order stack, right? I don't want to have, maybe I don't want seven, eight, nine, one, two. Maybe I don't want two, three, five, seven, eight, right? So basically these three guys on the bottom, I don't want together. I want four of the top guys and then one of these guys. So I could do that in player groups, right? So I put in Farmer, Farmer, Galvis, Cologne, and I set the max as one. So whenever a five-man Cincinnati stack gets made, it can only have one. Maybe I put Akiyama there also. I could include him as well. Akiyama, right? So this will for this group right here, Min zero, max one, max one of these in any lineup, which means that if I'm setting a five-man Cincinnati stack or whatever, 10%, whatever, whatever powder percent I'm putting there, it's going to create a lineup out of four of these guys. I mean, it could be one to five and not include any of them because it's min zero. But if any of these five, six, seven, eight, nine appear in a stack, it's going to be with four of the above guys and none of the others. Right. If you choose to do that, you don't have to. Right. I could just leave it alone. And if if I get a three, three, four, six, eight, nine stack, then so be it. But I probably on this slate probably wouldn't wouldn't prefer that. So I would set up that type of group. Can you lock in Noah fan for your uh, SB2 spot? We got Danny. We got D Johnson here getting ready for football. Are we going to have football this season? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows if we're going to have the rest of baseball this season, right? Who knows if the baseball slate's going to happen today? Who knows? Well, no one knows, right? 
Does Rotoware have a vomit stack t-shirt yet? No, no. You should uh, at, at reply them. Uh, reply to them on Twitter. I don't think Rotoware cares about me. Right? No one cares about me. Vomit stacks. Play whoever you want. That's what it should be. Right? Play whoever you want. Right? There's no t-shirt. There should be a t-shirt. Play whoever you want t-shirt. Go at reply. At, at Rotoware. See, maybe they'll make one. But vomit stacks, typically, you know, five man under, so technically this counts because of Casale's and Irvin's price. That would technically be a vomit stack. But if you take a look at pitcher today, like pitchers just, where where are they going? Okay, I have to click all, okay. Like, do do, do you want to pay 10-3 for Fultonevich? Do you want to play, pay 10-9-7 for Savali against the White Sox or Cease against the Indians? Right, it just it just seems like eh, I mean the, I guess that they're good pitchers in comparison to the rest of the slate, but is there a need to? Right, Glasgow, how many pitches is he going to go at? I mean, like I'd, we have to worry about that also, right? So that's why it's like I, I'm not sh- I'm not sure how much money you're going to spend. I don't know if you're going to be making builds where you're spending 20k a pitcher, right? Play some Mike Montgomery and then one of these guys, and then you could pretty much play whatever stack you want at that point. Don't be afraid to leave money on the table to be unique with the variance in baseball. On 11-game slate, I don't think you have to worry about duplication, right? But you don't necessarily, like in build rules, I don't keep it as 50,000, right? I typically put it at like, you know, 40, 49, 5 to 5. Like if if that if that's the way the stacks work out, that's the way the stacks work out. But I mean, on a small slate, yeah, leaving money on the table could, you know, avoid duplication because there's just less players to choose from. But even on a seven-game slate like we have today, assuming it stays at seven, I don't know. We may lose even more games. Uh, I, I just try to use salary, but, I mean, it's it's not the be-all, end-all. If you're sitting there at 49-5, well, how do I spend the other 500? Well, if your lineup makes sense, right? If you're playing a 5-3 and two pitchers, I mean, oh, I got to change a guy out because I'm only spending, I'm leaving 500 on the table. It's baseball. People could go 0 for 5. I mean, look at yesterday. I mean, come on, look at yesterday with the, with the, with the, who, who did well? Look, Yelich was 23% owned and got zero. JD Martinez got a zero, right? Peraza got a zero. More than zeros. I mean, like you could, Kepler, zero, right? So some guy that had, that's 3,200 could outscore a player that's 5,000 easily. They're all, they're all going to get pretty much the same opportunities. So you do that. So you don't have to worry that much about it. If you're not reaching for a sick bag when you submit your lineups, you're not done yet. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good point, Robert. If you're playing large field GPPs and you're like, I'm pretty sure of this, you're, you're probably you're you're probably not playing contrarian enough. <laughs> or you're building a lineup that could min cash well, but probably can't win a hundred thousand entry contest. So that's my suggestion. And, and I have a, a lot more on strategy. If uh, if you go to uh, I, I came up with the audio course, an audio book. Theoryofdfs.com. So if you want to check that out, theoryofdfs.com it came out last week. Feel free to do that. Sign up for Roto Grinder Premium, Roto Grinders Premium, or the Specialist Package. With all we may we may just need the Specialist Package. I don't know. Is baseball going to happen? Are we going to have any more baseball today? Today, at least today. I need to get back to even today. I played what two slates, three slates, and I'm down. I need to get back to even before they cancel the MLB season. I'm on, I'm on a $800 down, downswing. So that's, woohoo! got to get it back. So I hope it's back. And I, I hope we're back. Uh, today's schedule, we got Grinders Live coming up, at, I think, at 5.30, 5 o'clock. I think it's at 5 o'clock. These slate times, they change. It's a 6.40 p.m. slate. It's all over the place. So I think 6 o'clock, uh, 5 o'clock for Grinders Live, 5.30, one, one of those things. And then it's, it's crunch time. You'll see it on the YouTube, right? Crunch time is premium. So if you're a premium member, you get that. And, oh, here we go. Devin's in the chat. There we go. Five o'clock. Okay. But you like that. You have to hit the like button. If you if you like if you like this pregame show, the more you hit the like button, the more likely we stay, keep on doing this, right? Because we're going to get into the silly season, right? NBA starting at noon. It's going to be, there's going to be shows all the time uh, coming up. So maybe sometimes the this show, the pregame show will be preempted, right? They need to do NBA grinders live or something like that. So this is this is the little show that could. So if if you if you like this show strategy wise, just uh, hit that thumbs up button and, and tweet about it, right? Or or or, uh, or bug Dan Bach, 
at Dan Bach on, on Twitter and say you like the pregame show. Keep the pregame show, even if there's no baseball, even if there's no sports. You should always tune into the pregame show. 11 a.m. Eastern on weekdays with me or Britt. I think it's mostly me or Britt, right? Me or Britt. But uh, but thanks for tuning in. Yeah, I, I I know Donnie. I missed I missed the Miami stack yesterday. I know. I can't believe I missed I missed the stack in the, the Marlins. I didn't play on the day before the Marlins. Never play again. Never play again. But we'll play again on the pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. Yeah.